Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Bart Sibrel. His last name is spelled S-I-B-R-E-L. He published a book back in 2021 titled Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the cover of the book. Excellent book. Read it in its entirety. Very well laid out. Easy to follow on a complex subject. If you listen to my show, I've done two other shows on the moon subject. I had one with Valibus where we argued we didn't go to the moon. And then I had Johnny Iron from the Iron Show who argued we did. And now I'm back to no way and in, in any possibility that the U.S. ever went to the moon after reading Bart Sibrel's book. Uh, he has two documentaries. The one that I saw a long time ago is titled Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. And then a newer one, which I missed, which is titled Astronauts Gone Wild. He has a really fascinating story and uh, amazing, amazing research. So, Bart Sabrell, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Good to have you. Good to have you here and good to be interviewed. Awesome. So, for people, you have a long background. You've been researching the subject for decades. Maybe I heard you on the SGT report, actually, and uh, I heard you talking about your new book. So, that's what where I reached out to you. Maybe you can take just a long story, you know, background and how you got interested in the moon landing and uh, really how you got on the CIA hit list. Well, I thought like everybody else that the moon landings were real, even though I was asleep in bed at the time at age four, past my bedtime. My father was in the Air Force, so I grew up around aircraft and the latest in aerospace technology, went to air shows all the time. And when he got a VIP package as an officer of Apollo 11 pictures, I immediately put them up on my bedroom wall and had them there for 10 years, age 4 to 14, before I even considered the possibility that they were fraudulent. I mean, who would have thought that the government would be so arrogant and corrupt to do such a thing? And uh, I was watching television one day as a 14-year-old after having seen these pictures on my bedroom wall. What would that be for 3,650 times. I mean, that's pretty big imprinting that we went to the moon. And I thought I was the biggest fan of it. Then I saw this gentleman by the name of William Casing, who worked for Rocketdyne, a contractor for Apollo, all during the Apollo program. He had high security clearances and saw many high classified memos going back and forth saying that they could not go to the moon. And uh, at that point, they had not yet decided what to do about it, either to admit that Kennedy had set a goal that was unachievable or to do what they ended up doing, faking it. So that kind of planted a seed in my mind. And I thought, well, you know, uh, maybe they didn't go. So I went back and looked at the pictures, you could say, with uh, eyes wide opened instead of eyes wide shut. And I saw inconsistencies in the picture. You know, the uh, first pictures, the prints that I had that came out in 1969, uh, the color is a little bit different than NASA's prints that they have now and what they have up on their website. Originally, the soil of the lunar surface, or what they claimed was the lunar surface, was a very caramel brown. And yet the backdrops of the lunar landscape were kind of a grayish blue. They since corrected that, and now I guess they put a color filter over them and rephotographed them. Now the background is grayish blue and the soil is grayish blue. But originally, the soil was brown, and so you could see a distinct line going across between the real soil and the fake backdrop. And I thought, you know, maybe this guy's 
telling the truth. Maybe they really didn't go to the moon. Another 10 years go by, I, be, I was 24 and became a filmmaker. And one of the clients I was working for uh, had produced that TV program I had seen 10 years earlier uh, with the guy saying we didn't go to the moon. And I'm like, oh, what's that guy's name? Can you put me in touch with him? And he did. And he originally suggested as a filmmaker that I make a documentary about the moon landings being fraudulent. So I remember I did about six months of research and found out that, yes, there's these strange anomalies in the pictures that look like they were taken with electrical lighting rather than sunlight, like they claimed. And there are many inconsistencies in the behavior of people, like two of the three astronauts on the first mission rarely gave interviews. The administrator of NASA resigned before the first mission. You know, you would think he would want to add this to his resume and found out that the Soviets were much more advanced than we, we were. They had launched the first satellite, the first animal, the first man, the first woman, the first spacewalk, the first crew of three, the first of two spacecraft simultaneously, and had five times the man hours in space than we did, and yet never claimed or even attempted to go to the moon. And um, I originally, to tell you the truth, William, I turned down the project. I thought, you know, there's at least a one out of four chance that they did, in fact, fake the moon landings. And if I start looking into this, it might be uh, hazardous to my health. So I turned it down. I said, I'm not going to risk my life for something Nixon did. Another five years went by. I started reading the Bible. I had a client who was a Christian musician, and they challenged me to read something called the One Year Bible, which had the Bible divided into 365 daily reads. I started reading it and uh, read it five times from cover to cover. I wasn't really a Christian at that point. However, I did come to the conclusion that there is a God. Things don't make themselves. And there is a judgment for how we live our life. And if they fake going to the moon, that would be actually more profound of an event historically than if they'd actually gone. And if that is indeed the case, that this is an important truth for mankind to know. And I realized, you know, I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well die for a just cause. So I changed my mind. I called back the, you know, source who worked for the Apollo program and said, you know, I, I'm going to do this. And my largest financier, he put up about a million dollars to produce these films. Uh, he's a board member of an aerospace company that builds rockets for NASA. And he knows we didn't go to the moon. I still wanted to believe, you know, in my heart that we did, you know, hoping and praying that, uh, you know, the earth and our government wasn't this corrupt. So I started producing the film under the theory, it might be true, that the moon missions were fake. Even though I had a couple of sources who told me plainly it was fake, I still wanted to give NASA and our government the benefit of the doubt. And in about uh, three and a half years into this seven-year production, I discover classified footage. I mean, you put, it, put in the tape, it says on the screen, do not show to the public. And it's a special effect shot over and over again for about an hour of NASA creating this one-foot model of the Earth, pretending that it's the Earth floating in space, you know? And then you hear on a third track of audio, the CIA prompting NASA and the astronauts how to fake this particular shot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they really didn't go to the moon. And I remember calling back uh, William Casey, frantic, like, you know, they really didn't go. You're not going to believe this, you know, footage I found of them faking 
part of the photography right in front of your eyes. And he's like, well, Bart, I told you. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't understand. They really didn't go. And he's like, well, Bart, I told you that, <laughs> you know, I guess I really didn't want to want a world that uh, such things take place. And, you know, that's the number one reason I hear from people who just refuse to accept the fact that the moon missions were indeed falsified, as they say our government, you know, wouldn't wouldn't lie about such an important historical event. And I think what they're really saying is they don't want to live in a world or live in a country in which the government and the world is that corrupt. And that's what I realized when I saw this fake photography in front of my eyes, unedited, behind the scenes footage. I'm like, you know, this is sad. It broke my heart. I started crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this the world that I live in that we're so depraved criminalized and juvenile that we would fake such a thing and the fact is we did uh, what i was going to say is when did you start that was a great intro when did you start your research into that documentary it was pre-internet right yeah that was probably about 1989 i started doing research i had to basically call up people call up uh, former astronauts former astronaut families nasa i had a person at nasa in upper management tell me plainly that the moon missions were faked and um you know i had a lot of evidence and once i had financing for this i was able to research it even more and we bought uh, documentation from deceased astronauts' widows that showed, you know, these scientific papers about how it was impossible to go to the moon with the fuel of the Saturn V rocket. For example, we have papers from Von Braun, the rocket designer, who said in order to go to the moon nonstop in one big rocket, it would have to wait. Right. It's the Van Ellenbelt's uh, Lee. Very good question. The Van Allen belts were like discovered fairly recently. So I don't think that they didn't even know how to, it's very strong radiation. So there's a lot of problems there. But what Bart was saying was that Van, uh, it was, <clears throat> let's see, it was the guy, the rocket designer said he, there would have to be three and ton, tons. Yeah. Yeah. The fake moon land was filmed here in advance. He stood beside President Nixon while they filmed Apollo 11, June 2nd and 3rd of 1968, and gave me a list of 15 eyewitnesses who were there at the time, special VIP people who were allowed in to eyewitness the thing. So not only do we have photographic evidence of the fraud, we have eyewitness testimony of the he actually, Bart, had some serious problems. I mean, he was followed around, drugged. He was, I mean, he went through it. They put some kind of wristband on him where, like, it leaked drugs into him that incapacitated him. This is all kind of pre-internet stuff, which is why that the title is The True Story of a Filmmaker on the CIA Hit List. So uh, it is a great book. I highly recommend. Right now on Amazon, it has 119 five-star reviews. And I think it's a really com compact, oh, good, thanks, Joy. It's a very compact book, like you can get through it. It's not overly verbose or something. So I'd highly recommend this book. And, and, and what's cool about his book is, okay, let's go out to stream. I don't know if it's me or you, Bart, but one of that our- That was me, actually, uh, this okay. time. I know you warned me that you were having- uh, 
connection issues, but that was me on this time. For some reason, uh, uh, that particular internet connection uh, was disconnected during our conversation. Maybe somebody doesn't somebody doesn't want you to talk. Well, it reminds me when Bill Casey, and he worked for Rocket Nine, was doing a live radio broadcast. You know, basically for the very first time, telling a listening audience in America that the moon landings were fake. The radio tower was bombed. Wow. <laughs> By some, you know, military helicopter with napalm. <laughs> wow. I mean, but that's like the whole story is that it's a constant cover-up. It's still being covered up to the present day. So oh, there Bart goes again. So it's still being covered up to the present day, which is really crazy. So he's like been having to fight to get this information out. But what he learned and what he talks about in the book, too, is... Um, that there's some kind of deep state battle between the good guys and the bad guys, which is kind of like a Q story, but he says that that's true. So it is interesting. So he had people leaking him stuff and telling him stuff. And uh, there was another, he, he was, he starts off the book. He was punched by Buzz Aldrin, right? It was Aldrin Armstrong and the third guy who I can't remember right now, but uh, he was, he went out and, I think it was for his video, Astronauts Gone Wild. He went to ask them about whether they may put their hand on a Bible and say, did you guys go to the moon? And um, he got punched in the face. So uh, there, and actually to, what he found, which I thought uh, was pretty telling about Aldrin, and he's a scoundrel, is that apparently, allegedly, Aldrin has this never-ending roll of quarters that he has taken to the moon and he sells them for money so he, it's not some limited amount of quarters he just keeps selling a quarter he says has gone to the moon so uh that's kind of one of the interesting stories that he has in this but he also has a picture of all gosh i can't remember the names aldra collins is the other one but there's a lot of other tells there's a picture of these guys, Aldrin, Armstrong, and Collins coming back from the moon, they look like they lost the Super Bowl. Their body language does not say victory, and they were very suspicious lives. You know, they did not come out in public. Armstrong kept a very low profile and didn't really want to talk about stuff. And um, uh, Lee, Lee, I mean, Bart followed him around. Bart actually went to go talk to him, was trying to get him, and Armstrong called the cops. So he was, like, afraid to talk to Bart Sabrell, face-to-face. He did not want to do anything on the record. And the other, the guy who did the rocket was Warner Von Braun, who was a paperclip Nazi who said you needed to have a huge thing to get to space at that time in 1969, right, with very little technology. And um, the, yeah, just there was a lot of things. I've actually read through Warner Von Braun's papers when he was doing all the rocketry back in the 40s. It's incredible. No calculators, just all calculate, you know, handwritten, you know, algebra and calculus and stuff. Really intense uh, computations for back in that day. But, yeah, I mean, Bart has had a very interesting life, and he talks about it in this book, all the stuff that he's seen. And really one of the giveaways I think he was talking about was this transparency that he had videos of. So in the, he alleges, Bart alleges that the moon mission, Aldrin, Armstrong and Collins, they didn't, Collins, they didn't go to the moon. They just, you know, uh, went around and orbit the earth for eight days. And while they were in orbit, there was a video of them putting the stencil over the window 
that would make the earth look farther than they were, right? And so they could show that video later. And there's all kinds of problems, um, you know, whether the radiation would have fried the uh, photographs that are were taken um, on the moon. And yeah, this moon lander is a problem. How did it fit into the lander? Uh, there's all kinds of issues like, oh, you can send a laser and the laser will come back. Well, you can send a laser up to the moon without anything being up there and it'll still bounce back. It'll, it'll reflect. One of the things that I wanted to ask Bart was, are you able to get a telescope and actually see the moon lander driving around on the moon? Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. So that's another thing to ask. But the Van Allenbelt has intense amounts of radiation and that uh, lander was very you know, tiny. And there's all, there's just all kinds of subtle problems. The lander looks hokey. It looks like it was made out of aluminum. How are they protected from the radiation? Uh, how did they steer? Where's the gas? How's the, how, where's the amount of gas necessary to go out? AC, it's supposed to be really hot on the moon. So like, where's the AC? There's just so many little problems there that haven't stood up to time. I think it was very sophisticated when it was done in 69, but the i think that you can take it apart but i think it's also this ongoing cover-up so somebody's put money to make sure that 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 the moon landing is uh farce is, is updated yeah oh yeah in fact decontamination food water where's all the weight for that how did they go from the moon back up to the orbiter with that much skill and then orbit back where's the gas for that there's just so many problems um and the cover-up really is is kind of a proof of some type of conspiracy he mentions in in this uh in this book capricorn one which is kind of like a film version that oj in it i think that was from like 89 i think that's a pretty good view of the moon landing they they basically what they did is kennedy said we're going to go to the moon and so everybody kind of had to ensure that that happened because they were in the game you know and there was a con it was definitely a cold war conflict between two competing uh economic political systems communism and capitalism the communists were ahead soviets were ahead i don't think there's any doubt about that so um yeah the uh i hope bart comes back but if not this will be a very short i'll just be doing a book review um but he did a lot of research. He's been researching this subject forever. For, I mean, not forever, but for like 30 years. So he knows a lot more detailed knowledge than I think anybody else that he knows how to refute a lot of the arguments that supposedly we went to the moon. So um, yeah, here's a quote from Warner Von Braun. Three rockets would be necessary. Each rocket ship would be taller than the Empire State Building and weigh about 10 times the tonnage of the Queen Mary. So he wrote that um yeah but a lot of these guys wouldn't talk to him he also one of the interesting things that i learned is his position is that the gus grissom um burnings was not an accident that actually grissom was a troublemaker he wasn't going along with the program and uh they might have killed him for it and that was a message to everybody to shut up so like you better keep your mouth shut because there's a ton of money involved right 200 billion dollars where that cash got allocated who made that money yeah, Hangar 18. Um, who got the money from the 200 billion? So it's a huge, huge, I mean, $200 billion in 60s money, right? So it's an enormous expenditure, almost like uh, the Manhattan Project. And I think the Manhattan Project is a good 
analogy for what happened then because nobody everybody pretty much kept i mean there were leaks and spies and stuff in the manhattan project eventually but um can people keep their mouths shut for that long of a period of time is really the question so um but he actually contextualizes it in a kind of a christian sense but he also is very astute i think yeah me too dude fisk it's tough it's tough to give up i I actually bounce back and forth, but I think that his book and look, his book is structured in a very modern way because he puts links into his website. So you can bounce in between his website and the books and look at the videos. You can watch the one hour long funny thing happened on the way to the moon. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot in this book and a lot of references to his video work. And I mean, just to go back to his his bio, which is in the intro. He was a award-winning filmmaker, writer, investigative journalist, been producing television programs and documentaries for over 35 years. He owned five video production companies, produced segments for ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN. Uh, he has awards from the American Motion Picture Society, including Best Cinematography, Best Editing, and Top 10 Director. But there is evidence in this, I think, that lighting was used, that there's clearly... I think there is a Kindle version, yes. Um, but lighting was used. I think there's evidence that the shadows are off. And uh, there's just a lot of issues. that, that The confirmation there, the moon, the rocks were fake. We know that Von Braun went to Antarctica to get, you know, uh, what do you call it? You know, asteroids and things that possibly come from the moon. So he got those, and then, then they were claimed to have gone to the moon. Um, so I don't think a human is really, I mean, he argues a human hasn't gotten outside of 25, 250 miles away from the Earth because of the radiation. So nobody has that, uh, has solved that real problem with the radiation issues. So, um, yeah, so, you know, there's just a lot. Let me see what else is in this. Yeah, the drugging, the CIA, it's kind of like a spy versus spy book. There's a lot in here of people messing with him. Um, there's, yeah, there's allegations. Yeah, I don't really want to give away the whole book, but it gets pretty, pretty dark. You know, there's some um, threats that he had, harassment, the whole bit. So, but he, you know, I think he became a Christian. There's a lot of Bible quotes and he kind of says, what, what have, what's our country really about? if they can fake a moon landing. And I think that's a good question because it just shows that they can fake a lot of stuff. If they can fake the moon landing and kind of keep that alive for that long of a period of time. Uh, you know, it's like 50 years later. And I think that you can see that even with JFK, there's a lot of documents that haven't been released or anything like that. It doesn't really, <laughs> the blue avians are really, I don't think Bart's coming back. Do you guys have any questions or anything? I'm probably going to wrap this up in five minutes and just call it a day. NBC agrees the moon landings were fake. What constitutes a conspiracy? Eyes closed, mouth open, attacking the mess messenger, NASA's greatest fear. How to get out of this mess. Um, yeah, so, yeah, interesting book. 119 five-star reviews. There's two documentaries associated with it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's anything going on. <laughs> oh, man. 
All right, guys, any questions? Anything you'd like to uh, ask about the book? Moon Man, Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. Ask him now. I don't think he's coming back. What's the main point that you doubt that makes you doubt the narrative? Oh, that's a good question. I guess it would be the proofs that we went there. I think that would have to be a huge conspiracy. I've heard that you can see the walk walking points. There's like a website that shows the paths that the lunar lander took. So, um, you know, I think that if you can get a high powered, <coughs> excuse me, telescope, you can go see where that is. Um, you can go see that moon element, but that would be the only one. There's all kinds of problems. The, the Van Allen belt is a real serious problem. The lack of power gas, the actions of the astronauts, um, just a lot of suspicious stuff. And, and actually, when I was talking to Iron Show Johnny, you can go back and listen to my other two our, uh, episodes on the moon landing. But he, Iron Show Johnny, said that, uh, you know, what was his excuse? The astronauts were super skilled and they got lucky and all that stuff. And they had they put a ton of money to make sure it happens. And actually, Johnny said that he believed that they had a series of you know, stays, uh, studios just in case it didn't come back. So that was their backup plan is to film stuff just in case they didn't make it to the moon, which I think is interesting. So he's saying that they actually planned it, but they didn't have to do it because they actually made it to the moon. So anyway, uh, I did get the book. Bart sent it to me, but uh, he doesn't, doesn't seem to really want to come back, I guess. Uh, so uh, go get this book. I do recommend it. I think it's really good. The Moon Man. True story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list by Bart Sibrel, the man behind the infamous A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. So thank you guys. Thanks for showing up. I'm sorry the guest didn't come back, but uh, I got a couple good ones. I got one tomorrow. Got uh, just to just to see what's coming up on. I got out of um, the naughty spot by YouTube. I was I got a strike for supposedly talking about the coof. So that was unfortunate but just to let you know some of my other episodes that are coming up tomorrow i've got i can get this to work all right lee take care see you jolly i've got chris donaldson tomorrow he's talking about going the wrong way kind of a travel journey book tomorrow edward dutton is coming back with a new book sent before their time genius charisma and being born prematurely I have Sean McCann is going to show up. I inter Oh, Bart's back. All right. Let's go back. I was just wrapping up. You actually you made it back. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Before the big finish. Awesome. Yeah, well, I was just going through the list. Um, I tried to pr – I did promote your book. I did talk about stuff. I did talk about you getting punched in the face by Buzz Aldrin, his coin stories. Um, I talked about your position on Gus Grissom and what happened to him and just kind of promoted everything but uh anything i mean i talked about you being abducted and, and being drugged and you want to talk about that story well i mean that was one of the things that happened when i found the secret tape i was uh, followed and kidnapped and drugged and all of which i've only talked about for the first time in the book including when i escaped their custody i urinated in a cup gave it to a friend to take to a lab under their name to 
kind of disguise it. I thought, hey, I got them now. I'm going to prove that they drugged a journalist and governing a government fraud because I'm going to prove in this urine sample this, uh, you know, exotic CIA truth serum or whatever it was. After a few days go by, I get a call back from my friend who took it to a lab under his name to kind of hide me from any registry. And he says there was a problem. And I'm like, oh, what was the problem? And he says, well, the lab told me there was a break-in over the weekend. And I'm like, yeah. He said, well, they told me that the only thing that was stolen was your urine sample. <laughs> wow. So, wow. yeah, you can imagine these X-Files encounters with the government. And all the while, I'm talking to, you know, people who are relatives of deceased astronauts who were murdered, who believe that their fathers and uh, husbands were murdered by the CIA. And uh, so this is pretty serious business. I mean, not only are the moon landings fraudulent, when and if this comes out, the very next can of worms are going to be opening is the Apollo 1 fire the crew that would have been the first crew to walk on the moon. And when the guy tells his own wife, you know, that uh, the CIA suddenly appeared all over the launch pad for the first time in history. And the very next day, the guy's dead. You know, I don't think that's a coincidence. And so these aren't my opinions. These are the opinions of the dead astronauts, a widow and son, who's a 747 pilot. And so these are homicides. Uh, the chief of security, his life was threatened if he talked to anybody. And when I confirmed all this information with his surviving relative, their house was broken into uh, with spy-like precision. They disabled their security cameras. They knew their password. And two days after that, they threatened them face-to-face -to, -face to kill them if they talked to me ever again. We had to call the White House press secretary, uh, United States senator on the Intelligence Committee, and the FBI in the city where this person resided to get them whistleblower protection because there are, I guess, rogue people in the CIA who are still trying to cover this up and threatening to kill people to keep it a secret, which they've already well established they're willing to do. And as you know from the follow-up film, Astronauts Gone Wild, when I confronted one of the Apollo astronauts with this footage of fake photography, which proves beyond a doubt they did not go to the moon, he threatened to shoot me, and in the commotion, I left a wireless microphone on him, and my camera operator put the camera in the back seat of the rental car, still recording, so that we were recording the private conversations of an Apollo astronaut in his house with the doors closed after I told them I know the, for a fact that he didn't go. And we hear on the tape him and his son discussing whether or not to call the CIA to have me assassinated. Now, if they really went to the moon and I'm some silly person who thinks otherwise, why would the CIA have to be called over something so stupid? Unless, of course, I'm a real journalist uncovering a genuine government fraud, which is the case. And then you have to ask, why does an Apollo astronaut have a CIA, you know, operative in his right. role? So handy, you know, <laughs> what is that? No, it's an important question, but the stakes are huge. I was talking while you were kind of getting back on is, is $200 billion in 1960s money was spent. So that money where it went and who benefited from all that and if stuff was siphoned off, you don't know, but it's a huge expenditure. So to people to find out that that was a misspent that could have been for something else productive, the different type of production would just, people would be very concerned about keeping quiet about that. 
Well, yeah, and very few people knew. I mean, even the controllers at Mission Control, when you see uh, the first part of a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, there's this, you know, shot going past all the computer operators seconds before they go to the moon for the very first time, and they're all kicked back watching television like the rest of us doing nothing. They told people afterwards they could tell no difference whatsoever between a simulated flight and an actual flight. They're just receiving data, you know, on these screens. The whole thing was just kind of, you know, to show off and make it look, you know, more impressive than it really was. There's only three eyewitnesses to each mission and, you know, they're launched into outer space. How do you know where they're actually going? You know, the same thing with the atomic bomb that technically involved 145,000 people, but they didn't know what they were making. And only eight people knew that they were building an atomic bomb. So the idea that you couldn't keep a secret from 100,000 people is true. But then you have to ask, do you think the CIA is really stupid enough to tell the guy making the glove or the boot or the door handle, hey, we're really not going to the moon. Don't tell anybody. I mean, come on. That's like saying what the bank teller knows about the bank's integrity on the books and what the CEO knows are the same thing. Of course, the bank teller right. is clueless, you know? Right, right. I mean, yeah, there's just so much there. And, and you tried to track down these other, you had Aldrin who punched you, but also Armstrong really just didn't want to talk to you at all, right? He, he was, Why would he be so evasive? Well, yeah, I mean, if I walked on the moon and someone thought otherwise, I would find that hysterically funny. Really? You really think that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, but what he reacted was quite the opposite. I mean, if he really went to the moon and I said otherwise, I'd be like throwing a feather at him. Why would anyone be mad at you for throwing a feather at them? But he reacted as if I went up to him in front of his wife and said, oh, your mistress says hello. You know, that's how he reacted because I was, you know, genuinely exposing him for the fraud that he is. So and it's pretty simple. I mean, the technology doesn't go backwards. If they could go to the moon on the first attempt with 1960s technology, which had one millionth the computing power of a cell phone, we would have been on Mars 10 years later. We'd be in another solar system by now, and there'd be bases all over the moon. There's not a single base there simply because it can't be done. It's, it's that simple. We can't have greater technology 50 years ago than we can today. That's impossible right. technology. So which means they didn't go. If I told you, William, hey, 50 years ago, I did cold fusion. And you say, well, right. show me. And I say, well, I can't do it now, but I did it 50 years ago. You're like, yeah, right. And yet somehow people believe it anyway, because it's some sacred cow, some great accomplishment. And, you know, I don't think the public's going to be so upset about, you know, misallocating money. They know the government does that. I think what they'll be upset about is they held ticker tape parades for these guys, gave them medicals, medals of honor for being liars. And they lied to the encyclopedia. They lied to the American public and really an unnecessary lie. You know, right. yeah. and, yeah. and they to have lied to such a degree without reason and to lied completely and utterly to the history books and for it all to be a fraud. I think that's going to break the hearts and minds of Americans more than any other fraud the government committed. And is the very thing that needs to come out in order for our country to be reformed. And if it doesn't come out, then the people, the criminals who did this, they're going to still be in power and we're going to be, you know, in big trouble because of it. Well, I mean, what what did the criminals do after this? I mean, if they knew they could pull this trick off, what else have they done, really? Right? Well, what are they doing right now? Right? Correct. Excellent question, yeah. I mean, you, you, you have to understand every single newspaper in the world 
said men are on the moon when they were in the United States on a military base a year earlier on videotape. So what what news story is going on right now? Oh, this big event is happening. They're just numbers, right? You know, they're just numbers. They had numbers saying, you know, the spacecraft is a thousand miles from the surface of the moon. Now 900 miles, now 800 miles. They're just numbers. They throw out all these numbers about the current event. They're just numbers. Good point. No, right? It's amazing. Yeah. What if I talk about elections, uh, medical events? I mean, numbers, right? Just numbers. That's right. One million very, numbers. very easy. I mean, if a guy sitting in the heart of mission control cannot tell the difference between a real flight and a simulated flight, then how possibly could you and I? Right. 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 And you kind of re, uh, pretty much put to rest some of those stories. Like you can bounce a laser off of the stuff that the uh, moon landings left on the moon, right? But you can do that anyway without it being there, right? Yeah, yeah. you, you don't need a, a mirror on the moon. The moon is highly reflective. People were bouncing lasers off the moon in the late 50s. So all NASA had to do is pick one of those reflective areas as a, you know alleged landing site and claim there's a mirror there bouncing the laser when it's really the surface. And then those things are you know read by computers anyway, which could be manipulated. And we have the Soviet Union putting an unmanned probe with laser reflectors on the moon without having to go through all the radiation, you know, lethal right. exposure that would prevent a man from doing the same thing. Have you ever heard, I've heard that the, the argument for that we went to the moon is that you can follow the rover's movement on the moon with a telescope. Have you ever heard that? No, that's not true. I mean, people remember half half truths of this or that. According to NASA, yeah. yeah, according to NASA, there is no Earth-based telescope powerful enough uh, to you know see any resolution of that find. And then people say, well, there's a lunar reconnaissance satellite that shows this little shadow that's supposed to be the lunar module. I mean, that's like asking the Fox for evidence that they didn't steal a chicken. I mean, they already faked full body pictures of a guy right. standing, you know, in a television studio claiming it's on the moon. So I think they're willing to fake a satellite picture, you know, 40 years later. In your research, did you ever have any kind of correlation or connection between the moon landings and 2001 A Space Odyssey with Stanley Kubrick? Because I saw a picture of him with, what was his name? It was uh, Mueller, who was part of NASA. Have you ever seen that picture? And it was like, why are they together? Have you ever heard of any overlap between those two events? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't go into this in my book because it's uh, kind of a side divergent story. However, somebody faked the moon photography. And I always ask, well, what would I do if I were them? You know, if I were them, you would have two choices. You could hire the general of the media department at the Pentagon who shoots, you know, recruitment films or you could hire the best filmmaker on the planet and worry about security later. So that had to be their choice. And what a coincidence, Stanley Kubrick, the same year Apollo 11 was filmed in a TV studio, was making a film about going to the moon. And there he is, you know, pictures of him hanging out with the leadership of NASA. And then right. a couple of years later, he gets a lens, the first time a lens that had the technical capability to photograph under natural light, who's the first filmmaker that gets this NASA lens? Hey, it's Stanley Kubrick. So somebody had to film it, uh, and some say he was leaving clues behind that it was him. If you go to the film The Shining, there's that little red rum boy 
And there's a scene where he's, you know, standing right in front of the camera with a hand knit shirt that says Apollo 11 on it. And right. then Kubrick's last film, Eyes Wide Shut, which is basically, you know, the condition of Americans not seeing the fake moon landing fraud. He insisted contractually that that film, Eyes Wide Shut, open on July 16th, 1999, the 30th anniversary of the launch to the moon. Wow. So I wow. think, yeah, I mean, I would have, that's who I would have hired, you know, to do it. Um, yeah. Well, do you know that they, I've read a book about his creation of 2001 with uh, Arthur Clarke, but they were calling his studio in London, NASA East, because it had all of the same kind of weird contraptions and sound stages. And apparently he uses the same backdrop in 2001 that you can see in some of the so-called moon landing films. Have you heard that? Yeah. Hollywood for a long time was using something called rear projection. Uh, Kubrick kind of um, started doing a little bit better way called forward projection. And that's how a lot of the fake landscapes in 2001, you know, during the part where the apes are running around, how that was done. Uh, and that's likely what they use for some of these scenes. Uh, the first, at least television studio for the first mission was in the United States because we have an eyewitness about that. A later missions, it appeared, were shot in England at a large hangar that was at one time used for blimps. Uh, wow. So once people... Yeah, once people accepted that the moon missions were real, you could actually make the quality more obvious that they were fake, but people wouldn't notice it because they had already accepted it, you know? And then, of course, after they went to the moon the first time, when they interrupted reruns of I Love Lucy to show them going to the moon the second time, people complained, hey, look, we've already seen that six months ago. Put Lucy back on, you know? And so what a surprise, the next mission has this contrived life or death jeopardy. And, you know, Illuminati people are into the number 13. Well, Apollo 13 that launched on April 13th at 1313 military wow. time has this accident. And all 13's things, come in. Wow. A, a big joke to everybody. And uh, it was just a cash cow. Every time they went, you know, they raked in the dough. And then they destroyed all the original hardware videotape, schematics, blueprints, telemetry. Telemetry, right. Basically yeah. cover up the fraud. Now, of course, if you spent $200 billion to go to the moon, the last thing you would do is destroy all that equipment and design that cost you that much money. But if you committed a fraud, you would destroy it all to hide the evidence of the fraud, which is what they did, which is proof of the fraud itself. Wow, Bart, um, going back to the Illuminati numbers, are you aware that Arthur C. Clarke's books are riddled with all kinds of weird numerology? And I also, would be surprised. I was at this party. Uh, Buzz Aldrin and I have talked and met more than the times that people are aware of on camera. There's two instances where we uh, were seen together on camera. One, the famous punch scene, and then one before that where I showed him the fake footage, which he filmed. You know, of the fake one foot model of the earth in which he said, look, we were just passengers, you know, talk to NASA. Now, of course, passengers don't land on the moon. They just orbit the earth. So that was admitting I was correct. And then he said, oh, and this makes you a famous person for having discovered all this. Well, how could I become famous if I'm wrong? So it's another admission that I'm correct. And then there was the scene where I confronted him with the Bible and he punched me and all that. But we met 
on at least one other occasion, and one of which was with Arthur C. Clarke oh, wow. in, in, in company. And uh, wow. before the guy died, he was like, you know, hooked up to IVs and everything. And, um, you know, the, I don't know what's going on in these Illuminati circles, but I was probably the only non-Illuminati person there. Where know, was it? This party. It was at a, you know, a well-established Illuminati hangout wow. uh, in Los Angeles. Wow, <laughs> that's incredible. That I don't know if you know this, but Kubrick and Clark worked together on the 2001 Space Odyssey together. And so Clark wrote the book and Kubrick made the movie. But Kubrick pulled a fast one on Clark and didn't give him the rights to release the book at the same time as the movie because he owned part of the book. So he actually kind of backstabbed Clark. And so when, when the movie came out, that's all that people knew. They didn't know that there was an adjoining book, but the book has all the weird Illuminati numerology. That's the whole thing, like the 11s and all that. So that leads me to ask you this question. Do you think it's possible, you've studied this for decades, do you think it's possible that they timed the Apollo 11 mission to make sure that the number 11 was that mission? You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know much about that stuff okay. other than Apollo comes from Apollyon, which means deceiver or the devil. I mean, if a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, opens up with scripture. It says where there is pride, then comes disgrace. Then another scripture, everything concealed is meant to be revealed. And then another scripture, let us build a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves right. and we show the tower of babel which was simply to boast how great we are and of course it was never finished then we show the titanic with the audacity of a publication to say it's the ship that god himself could not sink and we know what happened there and then we show tricky dick nixon talking to the astronauts when he knew they were not on the moon and yet he had the arrogance to say putting a man on the moon was the greatest event since creation itself Wow. Now, wow. all That's of this incredible. to me reeks of, you know, kind of a divine struggle between good and evil, right and wrong, truth and lies. We know that Satan is the father of lies and Apollyon means deceiver or Satan. And what is the greatest accomplishment of mankind? Putting a man on the moon, just like the wow. Tower so of Babel. Right. Was it's the, almost like was a the Tower of Babel. Was the Tower of Babel finished? No. Did men ever go to the moon? No, you see that, and so right. there's something right. going on here. There's some uh, it's like I a don't profound know. Masonic uh, cult thing. Well, let, just to let you know, eleven is a very, if not the prime number, of Crowley and the occult because it represents so many things. It represents the five and the six coming together. It actually represents the new world order. So you see the eleven integrated into uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. The monolith is eleven feet tall. And then you see it integrated into the 2001 9-11 event. It happened on September 11th. You can go through and just count the 11s. So that's why I asked if that 11 was deliberately placed by the controllers. It's not, if it's not there. Well, it had to be. I mean, it had to okay. be. I mean, if they, if they can make the, you know, completely contrived fake accident of Apollo 13 happen at 13-13 military time with a launch on April 13th, I think they must be laughing you know right. at the water cooler wherever they are you know right at the uh, illuminati they, water whatever cooler. they want these, these people run the world you know That's what incredible. i mean they, no, they, they, could it, probably, yeah. they could probably pick the date 
for the beginning of World War III, 30 years in advance to the day if they wanted to. Incredible, man. That's incredible. Because I think that World War II uh, was over on November 11th, too, 1918. Or weird 11 dates. Um, Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's really incredible that they they put that much money, that much time, and they're still covering it up to this day, right? Or trying to. Well, yeah. I mean, for example, uh, Gus Grissom, the crew that would have been the first crew to walk on the moon, he was the most critical of all the astronauts of NASA. He was preparing congressional reports to give to senators uh, to say, look, we're nowhere on schedule. We're 10 years behind schedule. He wouldn't cooperate. He even got so frustrated he hung a lemon on the top of the spacecraft to call the thing a lemon and invited the media in without permission to take a picture of it. Of course, died a few days later that, you know, his own widow says he told her that the day before he died, for some reason, the CIA was all over the launch pad. The very next day, he goes back to work and he's dead. That his widow, who I talked to for hours at length, says he was definitely killed by the CIA. Talked to his son for hours at length. He says he was killed by the CIA. So, however, he was killed with some, you know, incendiary device because they burned him alive. They had to buy that hardware, you know, with some money. And guess where that money came from? Came from the taxpayers. So basically, right. the people of this country, their hard-earned money, the sweat and tears, the people working in factories as waiters, plumbers, doctors, teachers, a third of their income is being used to fake moon landings and to kill people who try to expose it. That's what your tax dollars are doing. Yeah, Does anybody incredible. care? I do. I mean, it's it's... It's just perpetuating. It's allowing more of these huge frauds to happen too. Because I bet the people who perfected this have probably done other stuff too. I mean, oh yeah, I mean Robert people. Robert Kennedy Jr., who has access, you know, more than we do, says with one hundred percent certainty that John F. Kennedy was killed by the CIA. So the CIA is funded by our tax dollars. So if we're a democracy and the majority elected Kennedy, and yet the CIA kills him anyway, then we basically financed the person we elected assassination. I mean, how can that be? Our tax dollars are being used by the CIA to kill our own citizens and to deceive us. When is it going to be coming to an end? Anytime soon, I hope. I hope so too. I really do. I mean, I really, it's a really impressive book and your the whole of your work is impressive too. So we're would you like to add with anything or anything I missed before we wrapped up? We're almost at about Well, I mean, you, people can just go to Sabrell, S-I-B-R-E-L, Sabrell.com, and get a copy of Moon Man. It goes into all of this. A third of it is about how and why. Unfortunately, yes, indeed, the moon landings were fraudulent. They didn't have greater technology 50 years ago than they do today. Another third is my behind-the-scenes X-Files espionage adventures, including being drugged and so forth by the CIA. And a third is sounding the alarm bells. Look, these people who faked the moon landing, they are running our country today. And so unless we do something about it, things are going to get worse instead of better. Agreed. And the best place for people to reach out to you is your website, right? S-I-B-R-E-L.com. Sabrell.com. Awesome. Great book. Excellent job. Thanks so much for the interview. Again, the title of the book, full title, is Moon Man, The True Story of a Filmmaker on the CIA Hit List by Bart Sabrell. Thanks so much for your time, Bart. No problem. You take care, William. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Stay there. Stay there.